everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Patay. As you know, I had started on Friday an episode regarding the documentary on BET called Smoke that is directed by Eric Parker and executive produced by the rapper Nas, who was also narrating it. And it's talking about uh, Black people and the sale of legalized marijuana and how 81% of those with dispensaries and licensing and selling is white America. And I thought this was too important to not break this down as much as possible. And unfortunately, with it being a two-hour documentary and then research and talking about what each section is uh, about, I had to break it down. And I knew I would do two episodes, but I think this is definitely a three-episode series. And I want my marvelous Motivating Monday to be uh, on one of the people that, well, actually two different people that are talked about in this episode uh, that was on BET. And one is a gentleman Mr. Cooper was a entrepreneur, single father, just trying to make a living. And he had a business. He was trying to do everything right and got caught with marijuana. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole story. I'll let you guys uh, do your own research. But you will hear in his own words and other people talking about the case, how it was past ridiculous because this man was given a life, yes, I said L-I-F-E, life sentence for marijuana. Now, keep in mind, he wasn't a drug lord or cartel, so he didn't have pounds and pounds of marijuana, and he didn't kill anyone. Or It's just ridiculous that this man was given a life sentence, and the irony of all this is the legal building that he did have selling um, items and things to make a living is now a marijuana dispensary. So, you know, you could go past there and he used to have pictures of his two daughters on the outside of his business. And now he's in jail for life for having possession of marijuana. And that same building is a marijuana dispensary. So once again, this is where the justice system went wrong. And I want you guys to hear his, his story and also hear his own voice. So I wanted to highlight him and another person in this documentary. I'm not familiar with him in the NBA, but he's a former NBA star called, excuse me, named L. Harrington. And because of his grandmother Viola's illnesses and all the pills she was taking, uh, he started looking into the cannabis industry because he was told how uh, a lot of uh, the different strands could probably help his grandmother, Viola. So to make a long story short, he is now a cannabis investor and his company is named after his grandmother, Viola. So these two gentlemen, and of course, Eric Parker and Nas, once again, for bringing this to our attention, we're going to celebrate all of them as our uh, Motivating Monday. And I want you guys to be motivated. And I'm not saying motivated as in going and smoking marijuana, I'm talking about motivating as in legislation change, getting these people that were convicted 
for selling marijuana in states that is now legal out of jail. And also, you know, just talking about what a lot of the people in this documentary are talking about, social and economic justice. So I definitely want you guys to enjoy this marvelous Motivetti Monday, as this is part two of three, talking about the documentary that was on BET entitled Smoke, uh, Marijuana, and Black America. Next on Smoke. Nobody goes to prison for life for just marijuana. When you arrest someone and they're a parent, you've got a child who's left there. You've got generations trying to scramble to figure out how to fill the gap. The last time I saw my dad was two years ago because they moved him further to Louisiana where it's very far from where I live right now, so I can't really see him. If anybody is in this situation, oh my God, I feel for you. Smoke. Marijuana and Black America. sort of reaction nobody goes to prison for life for just marijuana or there has to be something else he did like sell heroin or cocaine or oxycontin or he was violent or killed people right and they always say no it really was just weed before i was incarcerated i had just started my own clothing line that was my dream that i always wanted to do people 
when I see him. He needs to be in his daughter's life. Two daughters. You know what I mean? And they keep getting older and older and older. They're going to prom, they're going to this and that, and he's not there to be able to be the bad guy that he would, would be there. You know what I mean? And he's still in jail for marijuana. Marijuana, you guys. We're about to go home and smoke that right now, and he's locked up for it. You know what I mean? And he's never harmed nobody. He's never been in jail for a gun case, nothing. Marijuana. That's what the whole world is smoking right now. He deserves to be home right now. Right now. It's affected my family tremendously. My mother and my father and Corbin are close as well. But they're not able to see their son. My mother is sick. She's elderly. She's handicapped. She doesn't have her son. Every time you talk to him, he's always talking about when he gets out. When he gets out, what he wants to do, he, he never talks depressed, ever. Mama, all I can say is your letter came right on time. We're both on the same page with the praise of the Lord. Every day I will get I will get double for my troubles. It is crazy because I tell my Sally all the time that God is doing this all by himself for a reason. Otherwise, even on lockdown, I'm still looking forward. Nobody deserves this amount of time or lifetime for what he's done. Anybody, you know, yeah, you should be punished for whatever you do, whatever the laws are. But then after the laws change, then um, we need change. And everybody's asking for change. And I feel like if anybody's in this situation, oh my God, I feel for you. Because it is the most heartbreaking thing not to be able to be around your children. I know that he will get out. He's going to get out sooner than later. They're selling marijuana on every corner. Even watching it on reality shows. It's literally on every single channel you can imagine. It's glorified, if I must say. Our hopes is that he finally gets clemency and that the Trump administration gives him the clemency. I think that's our only avenue at this point is clemency. gentleman I want to talk about is a former NBA star named Al Harrington. Now, before I let you hear his story, I went and did some research, and he has a website called Viola, which is named after his grandmother, and he's going to tell you the story and the background of how Viola came into existence. 
but I wanted to read about us on his viola.com website. And this is what it says. It says increasing minority ownership. Our focus is to empower minority ownership by creating a coalition of minority investors who own and operate Viola. He wants to reinvest into the community. Viola constantly focuses, focuses on our community, including producing initiatives like feeding over 20,000 people across four markets in 2019 through a series of events, partnerships, and food drives. Create an opportunity. To date, we have committed over $500,000 to partner with Fund and guide six applicants through phase one, as well as 20 applicants through phase two of our social equity program in Los Angeles. You know, <laughs> anybody that wants to do something positive and get back to the community, I just say bravo too. And I found another article on him in a magazine called MG. Uh, MG Magazine's Cannabis News and Information page. And the article says that L. Harrington wants to make 100 black cannabis millionaires. That's his goal. You know, he's the founder and CEO of Viola Brands, which he named after his grandmother. And he also, as I mentioned, has the social equity program called Viola Cares. And, you know, when I went to his website, it, it's pretty. I like purple, so it's really pretty. And one of the things I didn't mention, I read the About Us, but I wanted to read his purpose statement. On violabrands.com, it says, the purpose is promoting social equity by increasing minority participation in the cannabis industry. Positively, positively. See what I mean? That's why I wanted him to be part of this marvelous Motivating Monday because it's about positivity. He says, positively impacting communities by reinvesting into the most affected by the war on drugs. One community at a time, one flower at a time. Now, with that being said, I really want you guys to understand how this man even got in this situation. And it's all because of his grandmother. He saw, if you got to watch the documentary, you got to see him show, um, I don't know if it was really his grandmother or just a person emptying out their purse. And he said his grandmother was taking all these different pills. And he talked to a couple of uh, athletes and people we knew, and they were talking about the different strands of marijuana is good for a lot of things. So he looked into it and suggested to his grandmother that she try it. So listen to his story. Um, towards the end of the season, I called my grandma and I was like, why don't you come to Colorado? You know, I haven't seen you. You know, you haven't seen, you know, your great grandbaby. And she started laying off all these pills. I'm thinking they're vitamins, right? So my grandma, why do you take so many vitamins? And she's like, well, these not vitamins. She's like, you know, this is for my high blood pressure and my diabetes. You know, I got glaucoma. My eyes hurt me and different things like that. I was like, you know, I was just reading the other day in the newspaper about cannabis helping people with glaucoma. So I'm telling her about it. And finally, she says to me, she says, well, what is cannabis? It sounds interesting. And I was like, marijuana, weed. She's like, reefer? She's like, I ain't smoking no reefer. You out your mind. The next day, I come home from shoot around and 
But I walk in, I'm like, what's up, Grandma? And she looks up and she's squinting and she's like, my eyes hurt so bad today, I can barely see. So I said, Grandma, you tell me you take all that medication and it don't work? I was like, why don't you just give cannabis a try? I was like, it'll be our secret. I won't tell nobody just between me and you. People that age, you can't change the way they feel about stuff. I mean, she is one of the most straight and narrow Bible belt. You know what I'm saying? Live at church. And for her to be open to trying cannabis was just like, for me, shocking. She hit it once. She hit it twice. And then the fourth time she hit it, I said, all right, that might be enough, Grandma. I go take a nap. So I wake up, you know, an hour and a half later. And when I poke my head through the door, her back to the door, she's looking down. And I was like, Grandma, how you doing? And, bro, I promise you, she turns around and she's crying tears. And she says, I'm healed. You know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. I can't believe this. I have no pain in my eyes. I can see again. And like, she's just like sobbing. And she's just like, God gave me my sight back. So now we both crying. I couldn't believe like how it just, how it helped her. That inspired me to start learning about cannabis. 2008, the feds raided six of my locations in my home. A month prior to that, they raided eight shops in Hollywood and West Hollywood. Nobody in West Hollywood or Hollywood went to jail. And they reopened their shops after they were raided. But when they raided me in Compton, uh, I went to jail. Spent six years in federal prison, got out. Immediately when my feet touched the ground, I went back to work. Um, and my goal was to make sure what happened to me uh, never happens to anyone else as a person of color that want to enter in the cannabis industry. This is what the social equity program is supposed to target those same people that was targeted by the failed war on drugs. A felon could not even dump the trash in a cannabis facility prior to that. But with us fighting for social equity in the city of Los Angeles, Oakland, and Sacramento, we pushed the envelope to say, no, these were the real players that kept the industry going. My name is Freeway Ricky Ross. Some people could say that I could be one of the causes of the new war on drugs, you know. They started in 87, Ronald Reagan and George Bush and the Congress came in with a new law for crack cocaine where they were going to sentence crack cocaine a hundred times harsher than they sentenced people who got caught with powder cocaine. Blacks was a majority of the people getting caught with crack cocaine. He was a 1980 drug lord who became a multi-millionaire urban legend in Los Angeles. A small drug empire run by Freeway Ricky Ross with roots in L.A. spreading to Louisiana, Ohio, and Texas in Watts. Detectives witnessed 20 customers within 90 minutes, like a crack cocaine fast food franchise. I used to go sell cocaine so I can go buy me some weed. I didn't smoke it all myself, but my bill was like 40000 a week for marijuana. I knew that weed did something for me then because the stuff that I was dealing with, people getting killed. I, I lived through that. Got arrested at 28 years old. Wind up getting a life sentence without the possibility of parole. I stopped selling cocaine a year and a half before I got arrested. I talk about my cousin Vita, who was super addicted, uh, and her mom come and talking to me as if I had got her her daughter hooked. And then I saw myself being a hypocrite 
or the solution that came to me was that you can't do it. I quit. Forever. Never to go back. Not right now. If you drop a mountain of cocaine here today, I ain't gonna touch it. I'm gonna walk away from it. Say some fool drop cocaine, I wonder who's still doing that shit. Well, I know on this motivating, marvelous motivating Monday that I mentioned I was going to talk about two gentlemen, but I wanted to end the episode with the last part after we heard from Al Harrington, because there was a guy named Freeway Ricky Ross, and not the rapper. This is long before he was known or maybe even born. I don't know how old this Ricky Ross was, but after listening to the news and he got arrested and whatever, he was considered a major drug lord. And he uh, tells his story and he has now changed to where he is. Um, I'm sorry, that was my phone. I usually have on Do Not Disturb. Please forgive me. He is now um, in his documentary showing how he's changed his life around and is a big legal uh, contributing to the dispensary um, of cannabis. So, you know, um, this was a long episode of three parts, but I just really thought that we need to look at social justice and economics and um, just how our community is just being taken advantage of and people are making millions and millions. And for the same reasons that they're making the millions, a lot of people of color are in jail right now. So justice has not been served. It seemed like I've been on a justice thing on uh, uh, the last couple episodes. I've been talking about the injustice. Um, That's what it's about right now. We need to get justice and we need to stand up for what we believe in. So with that being said, I'm going to end this episode. This is, uh, as I mentioned, two of three. And we will close out the episodes on three of three Wednesday. And that is going to be our wonderful Women Wednesday. And there are three sets of uh, situations that I'm talking about in that episode. So I want you guys to tune in. So I'm going to end by saying, please follow us on Twitter at late, excuse me, at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in advocacy, capital L as in ladies. And always feel free to give us a call at 404-855-7723 if you have any questions, comments, or would like to have us do some research on a specific subject matter. Okay. I'm tired. I guess you can start to hear it in my voice because this was a lot. This was a lot. And I actually did all three episodes in one day, but we'll air them as the days are appropriate because I wanted, I was so excited about this. I wanted to get it out there and before something else come up and I change the subject matter, I really want these to get out there as soon as possible. And, um, I'm just um, I'm just hoping people are looking at opportunities to make money if they can. And as I will say again, I'm not promoting the use of illegal <clears throat> of any marijuana, illegal or legal. But I am giving the information because we are being uh, 
used pretty much to make a lot of people rich. It's just that simple. So I'm going to end this episode with my favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening.